Hello, and welcome to the Indie Nook. It's primarily an indie games podcast, but we chat about all things indie, and occasionally gaming news. I'm your host, Blake McKean, and today I'm just so excited to be here because there is some Citizen Sleeper news. I honestly couldn't believe it. Um, After I hopped off the mic for the last episode, the next day um, there was some exciting news, and I'm super excited to share that with you all. Citizen Sleeper is um, just an incredible game, and I've talked about it on every episode of the Indie Nook so far, which, to be fair, has only been three but I'm still I'm still over the moon about it, and I've, I've honestly thought about um, changing the tagline of the show to desperately trying not to be a Citizen Sleeper podcast. But there's some exciting news, and I'm excited to talk about it. And, I mean, obviously, Citizen Sleeper has the highest uh, recommendation for me. Um, I think it's a great game, and I think that just about anyone would like it. There's something for everyone. Um, and... Yes, super excited, Citizen Sleeper news. So we're going to talk about that, um, but on the docket for the day, we've got some Citizen Sleeper news, um, there's some Game Boy Color news, actually, and then I rolled credits on Citizen Sleeper, and I wanted to talk about my experience with that. Um, When we get to that point, I'll mark it clearly um, in the show, so you'll know if you want to step away for spoiler reasons. Um, But just moving on to this exciting news... um, they announced that they're going to be doing a Citizen Sleeper 2. And there was a trailer that features, featured some amazing art um, by Guliam Sing, Singling? Guliam Singling? I think that's how you say his name. He is the artist. And he has an incredibly unique art style. Or I guess, I guess I don't know. I guess they have an incredibly unique art style. Um, and go check it out. The trailer, it's like two or three minutes. Absolutely worth um your time and it appears that you're the captain of a ship and you know whether you're transporting goods or smuggling goods or if you're a mercenary it's not really clear but you're on a ship and you move and it's hinted that you move between the eye and other stations or planets and there's a bit more but i will leave that for you to discover so go check out citizen sleeper 2 i i really didn't think that they were gonna (laughs) make a second one um, but I'm really excited to uh, to see that team do some more because I, I just absolutely loved it, which maybe we'll get to, or I guess we will get to later in the episode. And I'm just, I'm honestly, I'm really interested to see how this ties to the first game um, because something that I didn't know until recently is that there are, there are multiple endings, um, which we will talk about later. <laughs> Um, And I guess it's not not really a spoiler. Uh, I didn't personally see this, but I know that it is out there. Um, I mean, the game is really designed to be kind of challenging in the beginning. And there's an ending where you just don't make it. And you don't make it through the the challenging part of the game in the beginning. And you don't, if you don't manage your resources um, correctly, or if you don't manage your resources correctly, and you get unlucky you can die at the beginning of the game and that's that's one of the endings so i mean it wasn't super struggling um or i didn't really struggle with it all that much but it is certainly meant to be challenging so that you can kind of feel the narrative struggle that the character is going through so definitely interesting to see how they tie that up um and they they announced it and then a couple days later uh, i've kind of just been sitting here speculating about what they're going to do and they, they announced 
um, that there's going to be, or they're, they're, they have more information available. And alongside the trailer, um, they announced something titled Helion Dispatches, which is described as a pirate radio station broadcast from a refugee ship as the Helion system falls into the grip of a corporate war. This text-based narrative project bridges the gap between Citizen Sleeper 1 and 2. And I'll let you discover that for yourself, but I've left a link to the broadcast in the show notes. And honestly, I'm just so excited for Citizen Sleeper 2. Um, But moving on, there has been some interesting Game Boy Color news that came out this week. Um, McDonald's, the fast food chain, they released a Game Boy Color game. And, you know, it's June of 2023, and I just think that's awesome. Um, they did this to celebrate one of <laughs> one of um, McDonald's characters' birthday, which I just think is uh, just a funny concept. They did this to celebrate Grimace's birthday. And Grimace is, I guess I don't really even know how to describe him. He's kind of just like a furry blob, and he's purple. Um, so that's Grimace. Um, I definitely remember seeing him on some art on like the cups when I was a kid, like there's like the Hamburglar and there's like Grimace. I guess that he was one of the mascots at the time. So <laughs> to celebrate his birthday um, and it kind of go or coincides with the release of a new McDonald's meal where they have a pur- purple shake, they're releasing a Game Boy Color game. And this Game Boy Color game features Grimace doing platforming on a skateboard and I'm really, to try, I'm really excited to try it out. I haven't played it myself, but I, I got the ROM already, so I'm, I'm kind of, I just don't really know where I want to play it. Um, I, I mean, I could put it on, you know, an actual Game Boy cartridge and, and put it on my Game Boy, but I guess we'll just have to see if I want to go through that, the work to do that. But yeah, I've also I've linked a in the show notes. I've linked an article by IGN. I think they do a great job putting all the information in in one place, and there's you know, a link to the website and a link to the archive um, where they have the ROM stored. So, or where archivists have stored the ROM. So you can play it on a web browser or you can download the ROM and play it um, on an emulator, which is which is probably what I'm going to do. Um, there's just the, the ease of use of putting it on my Steam Deck. I'm, I'm really considering doing that. But I just really love these these handheld consoles and it's just awesome to see uh, more and more acknowledgement about them recently, and I just I just think it's awesome. You know, with Nintendo Switch Online, they recently put um, Game Boy Color, Game Boy, and Game Boy Advance, and I just think that's awesome. I mean, those are some of my my favorite consoles, and they really have a visual style all their own, and I I really appreciate that. Um, you know, I grew up with the Game Boy Advance, but I do really like the Game Boy Color and Game Boy aesthetics. And I, I don't know, I'm just, just really into it. And I think that they, they can say a lot and do a lot with the, the hardware and those limitations of the time. So very excited to see this, <laughs> this McDonald's Game Boy Color game. Excited to see what it's about. And yeah, moving on, we're going to talk a little bit about Citizen Sleeper. And I have rolled credits. And I will be diving into spoilers here. So if you'd like to remain spoiler-free, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, It's a little bit of a shorter one, um, it looks like, but I guess that's before we get into spoilers, so (laughs) um, thank you for joining me. And if you're sticking around, thank you. 
But if you haven't played Citizen Sleeper, again, I've <laughs> talked about it so much on the Indie Nook. Um, but it, it's just a wonderful game and has just absolutely the highest recommendation for me. It's relatively short. It's about six hours, depending on your play style. I went over six hours, um, and I still might play it a little bit more to see see another ending. So, um, my I I feel like I'm I've had a I'm at a stopping point with the game, but I kind of just want to see the other things just to see them. But I might I might not because I actually. I've, I've seen a few endings, and the last one that I saw I really liked. So that's what I'm going to talk about um, here in this next segment. So definitely check it out if you haven't already. Um, and if you're going to log off now um, for the spoilers, um, thank you so much for joining me, and have a great day. Now, all right, we're in the spoiler section. <laughs> Citizen Sleeper. Oh, my gosh. I just, I'm just i so happy that I picked this back up and, and saw, the, saw it to the end. I mean, I'm really just completely blown away away by it and I'm really impressed um you know by how much this game made me feel from you know start to end you know in the beginning when I talked about this game on the sticky buttons podcast you know it is you know largely a text-based um, narrative game that really resembles a board game as I've said many times but I mean it is majority the majority of the time you are you are reading and um, obviously, there's some visuals to go along with it, but I mean, like you reading the text is, is really um, how you spend most of your time. In the beginning, I was really just blown away by how this this one quest, um, I guess, made me feel where I was uh, confronted with a bounty hunter, and they, um, they, I mean, they tried to kill me a couple times, and I ended up like choosing in the dialogue to I had like gotten to the confrontation and gotten to the point where I could have like uh, I had a gun in my hand I could have like potentially killed the bounty hunter and just the weight of that and like the role playing and like what the character would do in that moment um, obviously like you're projecting onto this this character as well and I went through um, you know like trying to kill the bounty hunter um, in the beginning and like I really like I, I was playing on my switch and I had to like set it down and I just like the weight of that um in the beginning like is this what I'm gonna do like am I really about to do this um and I really thought about it (laughs) which I mean obviously if you're in a moment like you you know fight or flight but this is a video game I I ended up you know trying to kill them and uh, there were other circumstances that prevented you know me from doing that the gun had been unloaded by uh, a bystander um, without without my knowing at the time when I was making the choice, so they didn't end up um, dying, but they they knew that I would have done it. <laughs> and man, seeing how that story plays out, it's really sad. I I guess the the bounty hunter ends up like because he, he fails to to bring you in, he gets fired, and he's kind of stuck and stranded on this station, and he kind of um, went to a, a bar that was like owned by a gang. And, like, worked up such a tab that they made him, um, like, like, he works there now as, like, a dishwasher. <laughs> um, he he kind of heard from, I guess, like, his bounty hunter, like, roots that there was another bounty hunter that was coming for you. And it, through that, that quest, or I guess that, that storyline, they end up, I guess, that, that bounty hunter, you know, through a series of events, 
you know, you, you try to help out the other bounty hunter. They kind of like cut a deal with you. Like, Hey, if we can take this guy out, like I'll get my status back and you'll like, I'll, I'll let you go. I'll pretend like I didn't even see you. So you, you kind of have the choice to help him out or not. And I, for whatever reason, even though like they, they absolutely wronged me, I decided to, and I like at one point was going to kill them. I ended up like helping them out. Um, and it was, it was kind of funny because I, I wouldn't necessarily have made that choice, um, but just like the way that the dialogue kind of worked out, it kind of just like I picked the options that I think I would have said in that moment, and then I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm helping this guy now. Um, and then this this bounty hunter comes, and they end up killing the other bounty hunter, and you end up, I mean, there's a skirmish, and you, you take them out. So you you do end up killing the other bounty hunter and at the end you know it's kind of implied i mean obviously this is open to interpretation but my interpretation of it is that that bounty hunter was a sleeper and that they were you know property and enslaved to the corporation as as much as you were before you left and that that was their their job whereas you were your job as a sleeper was to do menial labor their their job was to hunt down other escaped sleepers that the uh, the company viewed as as property. So very very interesting, and obviously a lot of emotions, as you can imagine, going through that that side quest. Now that's very early on in the game, and it doesn't really. I would say that that that's really not an ending. That's kind of just you know the beginning of the game, um, beginning to middle of the game, and it just it just astounded me how like how much that made me feel. And like how, how I really connected to the characters through that moment, and then I'm just coming back to it. I'm really happy um, that I'm, you know, coming back to see it through. So, one of the, I guess, the first ending that I got um, that didn't really feel like an ending to me um, is there. There's you know a mercenary. Um, they're kind of marooned on the station. You help them with their ship, and. You know, there's there's a sequence of events and that take place, which I actually I won't spoil because I I don't know I I may not have understood what what happened, so I'm I'm gonna keep that up to imagine up to the imagination. Um, but there's um, obviously like a conflict between or there's a conflict between um, the mercenary and her crew, and it kind of ends with you decide to help this person, and they um, they they end up killing their crew. And I guess it's kind of hinted that, or I guess my interpretation of it is that, I mean, it was an accident. I think it was an accident, um, but regardless, their uh, their crew is, is no more. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think that ah, it's very it's very complicated. I I'm not really I'm not really I mean <laughs> that one um, storyline in particular. I mean, it it plays on a lot of emotions, and the writing is very evocative. However, at the I guess the end of this this quest line, you you meet you meet them. You meet the mercenary in a, a place that you you know you do work as a um, I guess as an engineer, and you kind of help this shop. And the the owner's name is Bliss, and you kind of help them um, with their shop. And she she's decommissioning her her mercenary ship she's taking all of the weapons and all of that off and that's kind of the the engineering job that you have is to decommission 
the the artillery and defenses. I don't know if you well, it, it's at least the artillery of the uh, of the ship, and you kind of decommission that. And through the end, this this mercenary who you've you've kind of worked with throughout the throughout the game, you actually did help them um, fix their ship originally. And that's kind of your your meet cue. Is they're stranded, you decide to help them. And it's very interesting because the owner of the the bay or the hangar bay where you you do work, they have an apprentice um, um, who you have some dialogue with, and they. List decides that she wants to leave, and the she I guess the mercenary cannot pay for the work that's being done, so she's paying it by taking Bliss to another another place, and Bliss wants a fresh start. So she's leaving leaving the eye behind, and you have a choice to go with them, and. It's very clear that the the mercenary has, has changed. They, you know, their character are um, visu- like visually changed because they, when you first meet them, they're in armor, and later on, um, you know, during this ending sequence, they they've removed the armor and they're decommissioning their ship. So it's obvi- obvious that the the sequence of events that led to this was very jarring for them, and you're you're kind of prompted with the choice: do you go with them or not? And I decided to stay. I decided to stay on the eye. And kind of my, my thought process was that, you know, despite all the bad that's happened here, and, you know, some of it has been, you know, kind of traumatic for the character, um, especially this, this quest with the, the mercenary, I decided that, you know, we just come so far on this, this eye. And, you know, you kind of see where you started from, and it's just been such a struggle. And by the time I got to this point, I was doing pretty well. And I had had built relationships with other characters. And although it may not be perfect, it kind of felt like, you know, why give up on this place that's given me so much? So I guess in the in the role-playing aspect, I decided to stay. And that triggered, um, you know, the credits. And that's the first, first time that I saw credits. And... I guess in in some ways that that does feel right. Uh, you know, I decided to stay, um, but I I wasn't quite done with the game. Um, like I had talked about previously, there was the the hacking quest line, where you're kind of introduced to a sent a sentient vending machine, and you go on um, to find these rogue programs um, called the Hunter and the Killer, and you. You know, through a sequence of events, you you kind of decommission that, and uh, or I guess me <laughs> decommissioning is a is a too light of a word. You end up destroying both those programs, and then you're you're kind of prompted to continue on um, to another area of the game, which is called the Greenway. And the Greenway is kind of like a, I guess I mean. I guess to the name, it's kind of like a, the greenhouse is where all of the um, the food is grown on the station, and it's implied throughout the the rest of the game that the other parts of the eye they they buy all their food from in, incoming vessels. So this this greenway, it's kind of a, kind of like a commune, and they don't necessarily you know sell the resources as much um, to the other parts of. Eye. So it's kind of like two separate factions, two separate places, and one's kind of um, very much 
you know, dependent on these, these greenhouses. And I really just kind of liked where this went because you, and you kind of start as, um, you know, farming mushrooms for this older person, this older scientist in the, in the commune called Rico. And you've, you know, she, she's a little bit older. She's always, you know, kind of doing research. She's got a crutch. And she was one of the founding members of the Tribune. Um, or not Tribune, of, of the Commune. It, it's very interesting, um, kind of, just to learn about the history of, like, after the fall of the eye, you know, they, they poured so much time into, I guess, keeping this Greenway um, alive. And she kind of says that there was just a tipping point where everything started to go right and there was a part where or there was a point in time where it seemed like everything was going wrong and that all of the like there were cracks in the I guess the glass and you know plants would just get frozen and there was like problems with the the de decomposing and it's just like nothing was growing and they were they were starving and all they could manage to grow were these mushrooms and she said there was just like an invisible tipping point and things started to get better. And you, I guess a little bit before this, you kind of go into the network, um, which is where you discovered the, the sentient um, vending machine. You kind of go into the network and you you don't necessarily communicate, but you, you kind of see um, another entity and you see them planting... Um, and having an impact on the greenway and um, anything from the irrigation system to to I guess vibrations in the soil it's implied that this this entity this gardener um, as they as you call them the gardener um, is you know using their their metaphorical green thumb to have an impact on the, the greenway which is very interesting um, and you kind of come to learn that this this sentient AI um, has helped um, out the commune before in ways that they couldn't explain, um, where some of them were getting sick from um, from a like a like I said bacterial infection, and then all of a sudden these these mushrooms kind of sprang up that had an anti or that had a cure to them or natural cure, and um, there's a since you've been there, there's this mushroom that's kind of started to pop up, and she does some research on it, and it turns out that these mushrooms, if you um, process them, they, they contain um, the same chemical that, that is used to stabilize you. So it's like your stabilizer, like your medicine, um, which is, you know, as I've said, the chemical composition is is private information own, owned by the corporation that created you as the sleeper. And I just, I just couldn't believe that. I thought it was really fascinating. And they, they, you also, I guess, they have their hand in, or the gardener has their hand in, in giving you a gift. And you don't necessarily know it at the time, um, but there's a seed. And you find the seed, and Rico helps you out and grows the seed. And it, uh, it kind of, when it grows, it's kind of like a mix between metal and and roots and you don't really understand what it is and once you see it there's a um, a memory unlocked from your brain where 
that is it, it's eerily similar um, it looks very similar to what they they put on your, your original human's head when your consciousness was originally emulated and it, they kind of um, describe it as kind of like a, a thorny a thorny crown um, which I just thought was interesting you kind of go into the net and you communicate with the gardener and as it turns out they're um, also a program from the fallen corporation that that inhabited the eye and they they've kind of gone sentient and they their their purpose is to to take care of all of the the millions of of plant life the millions of beings of plant life that are in the the greenway and you kind of communicate with them and they they give you a choice they say that you know your body is dying um but if you want you can join us here and your consciousness can can slip into this this greenway and you can become a sentient ai along with the gardener and the millions of other um consciousness that you can feel and it's described as flowing like a river and I thought about there was a moment where I thought about joining it uh, and I once again was, was you know confronted with the weight of this and you know I had to set my switch down and really think like what do I want and at the, in the end I decided to um, stay in my body like to to not join this this group of you know millions of consciousness and I thought that that was very interesting I'm really happy that I did that um, and I actually just wanted to read um, a little something from after you make that choice a little snippet of the dialogue so this is after you've you've made your choice um, that you're gonna you're gonna leave and not accept to join them. The river whirls around you, but it doesn't pull. It isn't jealous. Neither does it understand. It is, after all, just a river. It isn't a person, a flesh-and-blood person with wants, with desires, capacity to love and hate. It doesn't understand you, and you don't understand it. And I just thought that was interesting because up until that moment, it had really been such a compelling case. Um, you know, to leave the the body that you're dying, and I'm sure that there's there's um, just as gripping dialogue if you if you choose to to join. I guess if you decide to join these these AI and these these consciousness um, in the Greenway, I'm sure that there there's some some beautiful dialogue there. But once you return to your body, um, I just I just thought that this was really really gripping. Um, Rico says. Thank you for returning to me, though I know you had your own reasons. She squeezes your hand, reassuringly. Something passes between you then, a kind of shared sadness for the impossible choice. The choice to escape your body, or to stay and suffer it. Her smile is warm and generous, and whatever the wisdom of your choice, you are glad to feel welcome in this moment, in this place. And I just thought that that was was very beautiful, um, and it really just kind of reminded me, you know, the trials and tribulations of my own life, and how you know in some ways 
those connect you to others and we're all in this together and so although I'm gonna continue to play the game just to see the other endings I feel like that one is is my ending and that's the one that I'd like to to go out on and, and that one's my own kind of headcanon um, and I just I just thought that was awesome and, and such a great um, I think I just learned that the endings had really great messages like you decide you've gone through so much on the eye that then you could leave and you decide to stay and you once again are given an escape of a different kind and you you decide to stay to stay alive and I I mean at least those are my choices I mean you could could have chosen you know either out and I think either of those are valid but for me I, I really liked the message of of both of those and kind of sticking through it. Um, but that's really about all I had. I'm super excited for, for Citizen Sleeper 2. Um, now that I finished the first one, and I'm very excited to check out McDonald's' Game Boy Color game. Um, so thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Indie Nook. Um, I hope you have a great one, and thank you so much for joining me. Bye. <laughs>